0: Okay, we're ready to start.
1: Um, yes, we're on page 124, section 42 of chapter 4 of the Vasudhi
2: And Aurora, could you start us off?
3: Yes, I can. However, if this does not happen while he is practicing in this way, then he should have recourse to the 10 kinds of skill and absorption. Here's the method absorption needs to be dealt with in 10 aspects 1. making the basis clean 2. maintaining balanced faculties 3. skill in the sign 4. he exerts the mind on an occasion what it should be exerted 5. he restrains the mind on an occasion when it should be restrained 6. he encourages the mind on an occasion what it should be encouraged 7. looks on at the mind with equanimity when it should be looked on at with equanimity. Eight, avoidance of unconcentrated persons. Nine,
0: cultivation of concentrated persons. Ten, glutinous upon that congregation.
1: Thank you. David, can you read 43? Yes, can I be heard? Uh, Yes, loud and clear. Thank you
4: herein making the basis clean is cleansing the internal and the external basis. for when his head hair nails and body hair are long or when the body is soaked with sweat then the internal basis is unclean and unpurified but when an old dirty smelly robe is worn or when the lodging is dirty then the external basis is unclean and unpurified when the external and external basis are unclean then the knowledge in the consciousness and consciousness concomitants that arise is unpurified like the light of a lamp flame that arises with an unpurified lamp bowl wick and oil as its support formations do not become evident to one who tries to comprehend them with unpurified knowledge and when he devotes himself to his meditation subject it does not come to growth increase or fulfillment
5: but when the internal and external bases are clean, then the knowledge in the consciousness and consciousness commitments that arise is clean and purified, like the light of a lamp's flame that arises when a purified lamp bowl wick and oil as its support. Formations become evident to one who tries to comprehend them with purified knowledge, and as he devotes himself to his meditation subject, it comes to grow increase, and fulfillment.
6: Maintaining balanced faculties is equalizing the five faculties of faith and the rest. For if his faith faculty is strong and the others weak, then the energy faculty does not perform its function of exerting the mindfulness faculty, its function of establishing the concentration faculty its function is not distracted and the understanding faculty its function of seeing so in that case the faith faculty should be modified either by reviewing the individual essences of the states concerned uh, that is the objects of attention or by not giving them Attention in the way in which the faith faculty became too strong. And this is illustrated by the story of
0: Elder Wakali.
7: Then, if the energy faculty is too strong, the faith faculty cannot perform its function of resolving nor can the rest of the faculties perform their several functions. So in that case the energy faculty should be modified by developing tranquillity and so on. And this should be illustrated by the story of the elder Sona. So too with the rest, for it should be understood that when any one of them is too strong, the others cannot perform their several
0: functions.
1: However, what is particularly recommended is balancing faith with understanding and
2: concentration with energy. For one strong in faith and weak in understanding has confidence uncritically and groundlessly. One strong in understanding and weak in faith errs on the side of cunning and is hard to cure as a stick of a disease caused by medicine. Oh, as one sick of a disease caused by medicine. With the balancing of the two, a man has confidence only when there are grounds for it. Then idleness overpowers one strong in concentration and weak in energy, since concentration favors idleness. Agitation overpowers one strong in energy and weak in concentration, since energy favors agitation. But concentration coupled with energy cannot lapse into idleness, and energy coupled with concentration cannot lapse into agitation. So these two should be balanced, for absorption comes with the balancing of the two.
7: I'm sorry, what is the uh, function of Uh, uh, concentration,
0: or meditation in general?
8: The function of concentration?
7: It says, uh, one strong in understanding and weak in faith errs on the side of cunning. Right. Others
0: cunning uh, come into the picture.
8: Cunning means the person uh, uses their understanding to uh, avoid the investigation of the truth. So, to, for example, rationalize their defilements. You know. I, I'm not really angry, I just, you know, write to it's proper for me not to accept this situation because yada yada, yada. you know, they'll, they'll find excuses for themselves that keeps them from actually um, following the path.
7: Thank you, Bhante. Since January
1: report.
0: I'm sorry, which one?
1: Number Number 48.
9: (laughs) Sure. Again, concentration and faith should be balanced. One working on concentration needs strong faith, since it is with such faith and confidence that he reaches absorption. Then there is balancing of concentration and understanding. One working on concentration needs strong unification since this is how he reaches absorption and one working on insight needs strong understanding since this is how he reaches penetration of characteristics but with balancing of the two he reaches
0: absorption as well
8: strong mindfulness however is needed in all instances For mindfulness protects the mind from lapsing into agitation through faith, energy, and understanding, which favor agitation, and from lapsing into idleness through concentration, which favors idleness. So it is as desirable in all instances as a seasoning of salt in all sauces, as a prime minister in all the king's business. Hence it is said and mindfulness has been called universal by the Blessed One. For what reason? Because the mind has mindfulness as its refuge, and mindfulness is manifested as protection, and there is no exertion and restraint of the mind without mindfulness.
3: Skill in the sign is skill in producing the as-yet-unproduced sign of unification of mind through the earth, kasina in developing the sign when produced, and skill in protecting the sign when obtained by development. The last is what is intended here.
4: How does he exert the mind on an occasion when it should be exerted? When his mind is slack with over of energy, then, instead of becoming the three enlightenment factors beginning with tranquility, he should develop uh, those beginning with investigation of states for this is said by the Blessed One. Bicus, suppose a man wanted to make a small fire burn up and he put wet grass on it, put wet, wet cow dung on it, put wet sticks on it, sprinkled it with water and scattered dust on it. Would that man would be able to make the small fire burn up? No, venerable sir. So too, because when the mind is slack, that is not the time to develop the tranquility and enlightenment factor. The concentration enlightenment factor or the equanimity enlightenment factor. Why is that? Because a slack mind cannot be well roused by those states. When the mind is slack, that is the time to develop investigation of states enlightenment factor. The energy enlightenment factor and the happiness enlightenment factor. Why is that? Because a slack mind can be well roused by those states. Because, suppose a man wanted to make a small fire burn up. And he put dry grass on it, put dry cow dung on it, put dry sticks on it, blew on it with his mouth, and did not scatter dust on it. Would that man be able to make that small fire burn up? Yes, venerable sir.
5: And here the development of the investigations states enlightenment factor and so on should be understood as the nutriment for each of the each one respectively. For this is said, Bhikkhus, there are profitable and unprofitable states, reprehensible and blameless states, inferior and superior states, dark and bright states, the counterpart of each other. Wise attention must be practiced therein is the nutriment for the arising of the unarisen investigation of states' enlightenment factor or leads to the growth, fulfillment, development, and perfection of the arisen investigation of state's enlightenment factor. Likewise, bhikkhus, there is the element of initiative, the element of launching, and the element of persistence. Wise attention, much practice therein, is the nutriment for the arising of the unarisen energy enlightenment factor or leads to the growth, fulfillment, development, and perfection of the arisen energy enlightenment factors. Likewise, bhikkhus, there are states productive of the happiness enlightenment factor. Wise attention, much practice therein, is the nutriment for the arising of the unarisen happiness enlightenment factor, or leads to the growth, fulfillment, development, and perfection of the arisen happiness-enlightenment factor.
6: Herein, wise attention given to the profitable, etc., is attention occurring in penetration of individual essences and of the three general characteristics. Wise attention given to the element of initiative, etc., is attention occurring in the arousing of the element of initiative, and so on. Herein, initial energy is called the element of initiative. The element of launching is stronger than that because it, is, it launches out from idleness. The element of persistence is still stronger than that because it goes on persisting in successive later stages. States productive of the happiness element factor, enlightenment factor, is a name for happiness itself. And attention that arouses that
0: is wise attention.
7: There are besides seven things that lead to the arising of the investigation of states' enlightenment factor. First, asking questions... 2. Making the basis clean, 3. Balancing the faculties, 4. Avoidance of persons without understanding, 5. Cultivation of persons with understanding, 6. Reviewing the field for the exercise of profound knowledge, 7. Resoluteness upon that investigation of states. Panti,
1: when he says making the basis clean, is that the sila?
8: No, it's what he 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 mentioned. He already explained it earlier. It refers to cleaning the body and the uh, one's one's room, one's environment. Actually, physical cleanliness.
1: Okay, thank you. Eleven things lead to the arising of the energy enlightenment factor. Reviewing the
2: fearfulness of the states of loss, such as the hell realms, etc seeing benefit in obtaining the mundane and supermundane distinctions dependent on energy, reviewing the course of the journey to be traveled, thus, the path taken by the Buddhas, Pachaka Buddhas, and the great disciples has to be taken by me, and it cannot be taken by an idler, being a credit to the alms food by producing great fruit for the givers, reviewing the greatness of the Master thus, my Master praises the energetic, and this unsurpassable dispensation that is so helpful to us is honored in the practice, not otherwise. Reviewing the greatness of the heritage, thus, it is the great heritage called the good dhamma that is to be acquired by me and cannot be acquired by an idler. Removing stiffness and torpor by attention to perception of light, change of postures, frequenting the open air, etc. Avoidance of idle persons. Cultivation of Energetic Persons,
0: Reviewing the Right Endeavors, Resoluteness Upon That Energy.
1: Susan, you, you read
0: Eleven things lead to the
9: arising of the happiness enlightenment factor, the recollection of the Buddha, of the Dhamma, of the Sangha, of virtue, of generosity, and of deities, the recollection of peace, avoidance of rough persons, cultivation of refined persons, reviewing, encouraging discourses, Resoluteness upon that happiness. So, by arousing these things in these ways, he develops the investigation of states, enlightenment factor, and the others. This is how he exerts the mind on an
0: occasion when it should be exerted.
8: How does he restrain the mind on an occasion when it should be restrained? When his mind is agitated through over-energeticness, etc., then instead of developing the three enlightenment factors beginning with investigation of states, he should develop those beginning with tranquility. For this is said by the Blessed One. Because, suppose a man wanted to extinguish a great mass of fire and he put dry grass on it, etc., and did not scatter dust on it would that man be able to extinguish that great mass of fire? no, venerable sir so too, bhikkhus, when the mind is agitated that is not the time to develop the investigation of state's enlightenment factor the energy enlightenment factor or the happiness enlightenment factor why is that? because the agitated mind cannot well be quieted by those states when the mind is agitated that is the time to develop the tranquility enlightenment factor the concentration enlightenment factor and the equanimity enlightenment factor why is that because an agitated mind can be well can well be quieted by those states because suppose a man wanted to extinguish a great mass of fire and he put wet grass on it and scattered dust on it would that man be able to extinguish that great mass of fire yes venerable sir
3: Here, the development of the tranquility-enlightenment factor, etc., should be understood as the nutriment for each one respectively, for this is said. Because there is bodily tranquility and mental tranquility, wise attention, much practice therein, is the nutriment for the arising of the unarisen tranquility-enlightenment factor, or leads to the growth, fulfillment, development, and perfection of the arisen tranquility-enlightenment factor. Likewise, Ikus, there is the sign of serenity, the sign of non diversion. Wise attention, much practice therein, is the nutriment for the rising of the unarisen concentration enlightenment factor, or it leads to the growth, fulfillment, development, and perfection of the arisen concentration enlightenment factor. Likewise, there are states productive of the un- equanimity enlightenment factor. Wise attention, much practice. Therein is the nutriment for the arising of the unrisen equanimity enlightenment factor, or at least to the growth, fulfillment, development, and perfection of the arisen equanimity enlightenment factor.
4: Herein, wise attention given to the three instances is attention occurring in arousing tranquility. By observing the way in which they arose in him earlier, the sign of serenity is a term for serenity itself. And non-diversion is a term for that, too, in the sense of non-distraction.
5: There are, besides, seven things that lead to the arising of the tranquility-enlightenment factor, using superior food, living in a good climate, maintaining a pleasant posture, keeping to the middle, avoidance of violent persons, cultivation of persons tranquil in body. Resoluteness upon that tranquility.
6: Eleven things lead to the arising of the concentration enlightenment factor. One, making the basis clean. Two, skill in the sign. Three, balancing of the faculties. Four, restraining the mind on occasion. Five, exerting the mind on occasion. 6 encouraging the listless mind by means of faith and sense of urgency 7 looking on the looking on with equanimity at what is occurring rightly 8 avoidance of unconcentrated persons 9 cultivation of concentrated persons 10 reviewing of the jhanas
0: and liberation 11. Resoluteness upon that concentration.
1: Thank you, Laszlo. Can you read 62?
7: Five things lead to the arising of the equanimity-enlightenment factor. One, maintenance of neutrality towards living beings... 2. Maintenance of neutrality towards formations, inanimate things. 3. Avoidance of persons who show favoritism towards beings and formations. 4. Cultivation persons of, uh, of persons who maintain neutrality towards beings and formations. 5. Resoluteness upon that equanimity. So by arousing these things in these ways, he develops the tranquility-enlightenment factor as well as the others. This is how he restrains the mind on an occasion
0: when it should be restrained. How does he encourage the mind on an occasion
2: when it should be encouraged? When his mind is listless owing to sluggishness in the exercise of understanding or to failure to attain the bliss of peace, then he should stimulate it by reviewing the eight grounds for a sense of urgency. They are the four, namely birth, aging, sickness, and death, with the suffering of the states of loss as the fifth, and also the suffering in the past rooted in the round of rebirths, the suffering in the future rooted in the round of rebirths, and the suffering in the present rooted in the search for nutriment and he creates confidence by recollecting the special qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and
1: the Sankha. This is how he encourages the mind on an occasion when it should be encouraged.
0: Sankha, can you read 64?
1: I'm sorry, it sounds like your mic isn't working
0: still I'm sorry, we don't hear you. I think we're gonna to have to skip over you this time we We're not hearing you this okay, six four?
9: Sure. Uh- <clears throat> 7. How does he look on at the mind with equanimity on an occasion when it should be looked on at with equanimity? When he is practicing in this way and his mind follows the road of serenity, occurs evenly on the object and is unidle, unagitated, and not list- listless, then he is not interested to exert or restrain or encourage it. He is like a charioteer where the horses are progressively even, progressing evenly. This is how he looks on at the mind with equanimity on the occasion when
0: be looked on at with equanimity.
8: Avoidance of unconcentrated persons is keeping far away from persons who have never trodden the way of renunciation, who are busy with many affairs and whose hearts are distracted. Cultivation of concentrated persons is approaching periodically persons who have trodden the way of renunciation and have obtained concentration. Resoluteness upon that is the state of being resolute upon concentration. The meaning is, giving concentration importance, tending, leaning, and inclining to concentration. This is how the tenfold skill in concentration should be undertaken.
3: Any man who acquires this sign, the tenfold skill will need to heed in order for absorption to gain, thus achieving his bolder goal. But if, in spite of his efforts, no result comes that might requite re- his work, still wise white persists, never his task relinquishing. Since a tyro, if he gives up, thinking not to continue in the task, never gains distinction here, no matter how small at all. A man wise in temperament notices how his mind inclines, energy and serenity always he couples each to each now his mind seeing that it holds back he prods now the restraining rein tightening seeing it all too hard guiding with even pace the race well controlled bees get the pollen well balanced efforts meet to treat leaves thread and ships and oil tubes too gain thus not otherwise the prize let him set aside his lax also this agitated state steering here his mind at the sign, as the bee and the rest suggests.
4: Here is the explanation of the meaning. When a too clever bee learns that a flower on a tree is blooming, it sets out hurriedly, overshoots the mark, turns back, and arrives when the pollen is finished. And another not not clever enough bee, who sets out with too slow a speed, arrives when the pollen is finished too. But a clever bee sets out with, a ba- with balanced spe- speed, arrives with, with ease at the cluster of flowers, takes as much pollen as it pleases, and enjoys the honey too.
5: Again, when a surgeon's pupils are being trained in the use of the scalpel on a lotus leaf in a dish of water, one who is too clever applies the scalpel hurriedly and either cuts the lotus leaf in two or pushes it under the water. And another, who is not clever enough, does not even dare to touch it with the scalpel for fear of cutting it into two and pushing it under. But one who is clever shows the scalpel stroke on it by means of balanced effort, and being good at his craft, he is rewarded on such occasions.
0: Again,
6: when the king announces anyone who can draw out a spider's thread 4 fathoms long shall receive 4000 one man who is too clever breaks the spider's thread here and there by pulling it hurriedly another who is not too not clever enough does not dare to touch it with hand with his hand for fear of breaking it but a clever man pulls it out starting from the end with the balance with a balanced effort winds it on a stick, and so wins the prize.
7: Again, a too clever skipper hoists full sails in a high wind and sends his ship adrift, and another not clever enough skipper lowers his sails in a light wind and remains where he is, but a clever skipper hoists full sails in a light wind, takes in half his sails in a high wind, and so arrives safely at his desired destination.
1: Again, when a teacher says, anyone who fills the oil tube without spilling any oil will win a prize,
2: one who is too clever fills it hurriedly, out of greed for the prize, and he spills the oil, and another who is not clever enough does not dare to pour the oil at once for fear
1: of spilling it, but one who is clever fills it with a balanced effort and wins the prize. So, so Sustaining too?
0: Yes.
9: Just as in these five similes, so too, when the sign arises, one bhikkhu forces his energy, thinking, "I shall soon reach, reach absorption," and his mind lapses into agitation because of the mind's overexerted energy, and he is prevented from reaching absorption. Another who sees the defect in overexertion slacks off his energy thinking, what is absorption to me now? Then his mind lapses into idleness because of the mind's too lax energy, and he too is prevented from reaching absorption. Yet another frees his mind from idleness, even when it is only slight idle and from agitation and only slightly agitated, confronting the sign with balanced effort, reaches absorption.
0: One should be like the last named, it was
8: with reference to this meaning that it was said above well-controlled bees get the pollen well-balanced effort meets to meet to treat leaves thread and ships and oil tubes too gain thus not otherwise the prize let him set aside then his lacks, also this agitated state, steering here his mind at the sign as the bee and the rest suggest.
3: While he's guiding his mind in this way, confronting the sign, then knowing, now absorption will succeed. There arises in him mind door adverting with that same earth casina as its object interrupting the occurrence of consciousness as life continuum and evoked by the constant repeating of earth, earth. After that, either four or five impulsions impel on that same object, the last one of which is an impulsion of the fine material sphere. The rest are of the sense sphere, but they have stronger applied thought, sustained thought, happiness, bliss, and unification of mind than the normal ones. They are called preliminary work consciousnesses because they are the preliminary work for absorption. And they are also called access consciousnesses because of their nearness to absorption, because they happen in its neighborhood. Just as the words village access, city access, are used for a place near to a village, etc. And they are also called conformity consciousnesses because they conform to those that precede the preliminary work consciousnesses, to the absorption that follows. And the last of these, also called change of lineage, because it transcends the limited sense sphere lineage and brings into being the exalted fine material sphere
1: lineage.
4: But omitting repetitions, then either the first is the preliminary work, the second axis, the third conformity, and the fourth change of lineage. Or else the first is axis, the second conformity, and the and the third change of lineage. Then either the fourth in the latter case or the fifth in the former case is the absorption consciousness. For it is, for it is only either the fourth or the fifth that fixes in absorption and that is according as there is swift or sluggish direct knowledge beyond that impulsion lapses and the life continuum takes over
8: okay to understand any of this you really have to have some knowledge of the abhidhamma this is talking about the moment of entering into the jhanas and so it's giving technical explanations of the order of mind states so it's tri- the there's the triggering and, and where which makes the mind advert to the object and then there's as explained there's a sequence of minds and so he's just trying to categorize each of these sequences it's not really important that you understand this unless you're interested in Abhidhamma. and the
1: change of lineage is one of those as well
8: yeah the change of lineage actually I think is in between them so the, the change of lineage occurs between one mind and the next the first mind one is a ordinary being, and the second mind one is not noble. This isn't enlightenment, but it is now a uh, sort of a jhanic being, or you know, the the mind has somehow entered into a it's entered into a new sphere because it's the it's no longer the sensual sphere. So this is a different, categorically different kind of mind that arises. It's a jhanic mind.
0: Thank you.
5: but the abhidhamma scholar the elder godata quoted this text preceding profitable states are a condition as repetition condition for succeeding profitable states adding it is owing to the repetition condition that each succeeding state is strong so there is absorption also in the 6th and 7th
6: that is rejected by the commentaries with the remark that it is merely that elder's opinion, adding that it is only either in the fourth or fifth that there is absorption. Beyond that, impulsion lapses. It is said to do so because of the nearness of the life continuum, and that has been stated in this way after consideration, so it cannot be rejected. For just as a man who is running toward a precipice and wants to stop cannot do so when he has his foot on the edge but falls over it, so there can be no fixing in absorption in the sixth or seventh because of the nearness to life continuum to the life continuum, that is why it should
0: be understood that there is absorption only in the fourth or fifth.
7: But that absorption is only of a single conscious moment. For there are seven instances in which the normal extent of the cognitive series does not apply. They are, in the cases of the first absorption, the mundane kinds of direct knowledge, the four paths, fruition next after the path, life continuum jhana, in the fine material and immaterial kinds of becoming, the base consisting of neither perception nor non-perception as a condition for cessation of perception and feeling, and the fruition attainment in one emerging from cessation. Here the fruition next after the past does not exceed three consciousnesses in number. The consciousnesses of the base consisting of neither perception nor non-perception as a condition for cessation do not exceed two in number. There is no measure of the number of consciousnesses in the life continuum in the fine material and immaterial kinds of becoming. In the remaining instances the number of consciousnesses is one only. So absorption is of a single consciousness moment. After that it lapses into the life continuum. Then the life continuum is interrupted by adverting for the purpose of reviewing the jhana, next to which comes the reviewing of the jhana.
4: Can I ask a question?
8: Yeah.
4: Are jhanas specific to samatha or can they also be uh, relevant in a vipassana context?
8: These jhanas are specifically samatha, But the word jhana means meditation. So the commentaries recognize two types of jhana. This one is called uh, aramanupani jhana, jhana that takes a single object. So in this case earth, you're focusing only and solely on earth and you enter into a state of meditation based on that. The other type of jhana is called lakhanupani jhana where you focus on... The three characteristics and so there's a meditation that is based on multiple objects that are impermanent suffering and non-self it's a different kind of jhana but uh, all we're talking about here is the 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 what we call the samatha jhanas or the aramanupani jhanas
0: thank you
1: one day, the abhidhamma that was historically that Took place at the same time as the you know as the other parts of the Tipitaka, or was that later?
8: According to our texts, it um, was something that the Buddha contemplated right after he became enlightened, and then went and taught in the heavens. Yeah. Uh, after which he came down and gave a, a summary to Sariputta. The problem with the Abhidhamma is it's so vast that it, it it takes a lot of time to learn it all uh, and so to teach it on, on earth would be to teach the full Abhidhamma on earth would, would take too long and it wouldn't be possible for humans to sit long enough to to hear it so the Buddha went to heaven and he taught constantly for three months without without break and the angels were able to sit around and listen for three months and Then he came down, and what he taught to Sariputta was a condensed, sort of abbreviated version of it. And then uh, Sariputta taught it to his followers in this abbreviated form, and that's what we have.
1: Okay, thank you. The first jhana, at this point, quite secluded from sense-desires,
2: secluded from unprofitable things, he enters upon and dwells in the first jhana, which is accompanied by applied and sustained thought, with happiness and bliss born of seclusion. And so he has attained the first jhana, which abandons five factors, possesses five factors, is good
0: in three ways, possesses ten characteristics, and is of the earth kasina. So, so, is
9: it. Yes. Uh, herein, quiet secluded from sense desires means having secluded himself from, having become without, having gone away from sense desires. Now, this word quiet, Eva, should be understood to have the meaning of absoluteness precisely because it has the meaning of absoluteness. It shows how, on the actual occasion of entering upon and dwelling in the first jhana, sense-desires, as well as being non-existent, then are the first jhanas contrary-opposite. And it also shows that the arrival takes place only Eva,
0: through the letting go of sense desires. How?
8: When absoluteness is introduced thus, quite secluded from sense desires, what is expressed is this. Sense desires are certainly incompatible with this jhana, when they exist, it does not occur, just as when there is darkness, there is no lamplight. It is only by letting go of them that it is reached, just as the further bank is reached only by letting go of the near bank. This is why absoluteness is introduced.
0: Here it might be asked, but why is this word quiet
3: mentioned only in the first phrase and not in the second? How is this? Might he enter upon and dwell in the first jhana even when not secluded from unprofitable things? It should not be regarded in that way. It is mentioned in the first phrase as the escape from them. From this jhana is the escape from sense desires, since it surmounts the sense desire element and since it is incompatible with greed for sense desires. According as it is said, the escape from sense desires is this, that is to say, renunciation. But in the second phrase, the word Ewa should be adduced and taken as said, as in the passage, because only Ewa here is there, an ascetic, here a second ascetic. For it is impossible to enter upon and dwell in jhana, unsecluded also from unprofitable things. In other words, the hindrances other than that sense-desire. So this word must be read in both phrases thus. Quite secluded from sense-desires, quite secluded from unprofitable things. And although the word secluded as a general term includes all kinds of seclusion, that is to say, seclusion by substitution of opposites, etc., and bodily seclusions, etc., Still, only the three, namely bodily seclusion, mental seclusion, and seclusion by suppression or suspension, should be regarded here.
4: But this term, sense desires, should be regarded as including all kinds. That is to say, sense desires as object as given in the Midesa, in the passage beginning. What are the sense desires as object? They are agreeable visible objects, and the sense desires as defilement given thereto, and in the vibanga thus seal as the as sense desire kama, greed as sense desire seal and greed as sense desire, thinking and sense desire, greed and sense desire, thinking and greed as sense desire. That being so, the words quite secluded from sense desires properly mean quite secluded from sense desires as object, and express bodily seclusion, while the words secluded from unprofitable things, properly mean secluded from sense desires as defilement or from all unprofitable things, and express mental seclusion. And in this case, giving up of pleasure in sense desires is indicated by the first, since it only expresses seclusion from sense desires as object, while acquisition of pleasure and renunciation is indicated by the second since it expresses seclusion from sense-desire as defilement.
5: And with sense-desires as object and sense-desires as defilement expressed in this way, it should also be recognized that the abandoning of the objective basis for defilement is indicated by the first of these two phrases. And the abandoning of the subjective defilement by the second also that the giving up of the cause of cupidity in this indicated by the first and the giving up the cause of stupidity by the second also that the purification of one's occupation is indicated by the first and the educating of one's inclination by the second this firstly is the method here when the words from sense-desires are treated as referring to sense-desires as object.
6: But if they are treated as referring to sense-desire as defilement, then it is simply just zeal for sense-desires, kama-chanda. In the various forms of zeal, chanda, greed, raga, etc., that is intended as sense-desire, kamma. And although that lust is also included by the word unprofitable, it is nevertheless stated separately in the Vibhanga, in the way beginning herein what are sense-desires, zeal as sense-desire, because of its incompatibility with Jannah or alternatively, it is mentioned in the first phrase because it is sense-desire as defilement, and in the second phrase, because it is included in the unprofitable. But because this lust has various forms, therefore from sense-desire is said instead of from sense-desire.
7: And although there may be unprofitableness in other states as well, nevertheless only the hindrances are mentioned subsequently in the Vibhanga, thus herein what states are unprofitable, lust, etc., in order to show their opposition to and incompatibility with the Jhāna factors. For the hindrances are the contrary opposites of the Jhāna factors, What is meant is that the jhāna factors are incompatible with them, eliminate them, abolish them. And it is said accordingly in the Petaka Desa, concentration is incompatible with lust, happiness with ill-will, applied thought with stiffness and torpor, bliss with agitation and worry, and sustained thought with uncertainty. Not in Petakopadesa.
8: The Petakopadesa is a, a text that is included in the Kudaka Nikaya. It's sort of a commentarial text. And so what he's saying is that this quote is in the Petakopadesa, and the editor is saying it's not in the, or the translator is saying it's not in the Petakopadesa.
0: Thank you. So in this case, it should be understood that seclusion by
2: suppression, suspension of lust, is indicated by the phrase quite secluded from sense desires, and seclusion by suppression, suspension of all five hindrances, by the phrase secluded from unprofitable things. But omitting repetitions, that of lust is indicated by the first, and that of the remaining hindrances by the second. Similarly, with the three unprofitable roots, that of greed, which has the five cords of sense-desire as its province, is indicated by the first, and that of hate and delusion, which have as their respective provinces the various grounds for annoyance by the second, or with the states consisting of the floods, etc., that of the flood of sense-desires, of the bond of sense-desires, of the canker of sense-desires, of sense-desire clinging, of the bodily tie of... covetiveness, and of the fetter of greed for sense-desires is indicated by the first, and that of the remaining floods, bonds, cankers, clingings, ties, and fetters is indicated by the second. Again, that of craving, and of what is associated with craving, is indicated by the first, and that of ignorance, and what is associated with ignorance, is indicated by the second. Furthermore, that of the eight thought arising associated with greed is indicated by the first, and that of the remaining kinds of unprofitable thought arisings is indicated by the second. This, in the first place, is the explanation of the meaning of the words quite secluded from sense desires, secluded from unprofitable things.
8: Okay, I'm going to suggest we stop there. That's the end of a section. That's That's dealing with things that are abandoned by the jhanas. Uh, Now we'll get into factors that are Associated with the jhanas. So we'll
0: leave that for next week.